0: but first uh oh no that was too long a but wasn't it but. <laughs> <laughs> find the quiet moment put some headphones on is it just me that thinks this is like the best
1: news in ages
2: i don't know what happened but i fell in love <laughs> Let's go.
1: the creators and hosts sky's entertainment backstage podcast are you awake stevie he's like
2: call me ben i don't think you could accuse it of being glamorous (laughs) and i said
1: i'm not gonna call you ben benedict cumberbatch
0: (laughs) i'm joined by the woman of the hour jodie how
1: much fun are you having teasing us all at the moment you've got to laugh
0: Hello and welcome to Backstage, Sky News' entertainment podcast. We are all here, me and Claire Gregory, we are... In lovely Westminster. And Stevie is back from Los Angeles and he is...
2: In my chilly apartment in New York.
0: (laughs) You can't be as cold as we are here. It's freezing. I've had to double jumper it in this studio (laughs) in Westminster. How's the jet lag,
3: Stevie?
2: Uh, It's a weird one because, you know, it's three hours back and so in theory I should be fine, but I'm not fine. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through this. This podcast is more important than my sleep. So let's
1: uh, do this. That is literally the first time he's ever said that. <laughs> and we'll
2: be the judge of whether you
1: <laughs>
0: see many mentally different Stevie Wong. Um, right, coming up on this week's show, Dolly Parton's trying to tug at our heartstrings with her new TV show. Songs. They're just stories put to music. We're going to be talking about Daniel Craig's latest whodunit, Knives Out.
4: I suspect... Foul play. I have eliminated no suspects.
0: And against all odds, Apple TV have gone and hooked us in with a super creepy new show called Servant.
4: Do you know who you welcomed into your home?
0: First then, can we talk about um, Dolly Parton? So Netflix have got this new show out now. It's called Heartstrings. It's part of their deal that they did with Dolly Parton to sign her to a multi-project development deal, so expect lots of Dolly Parton shows, people. It's what we've always wanted.
1: For anyone that uh, listens to this podcast on the regular, you will imagine, of course, that it was not Katie nor I that said, we must, we must watch this show, we must. It was, of course, <laughs> Mr. Stevie Wong. Um, I am also the same
2: person that told you about a year ago that I was uh, down in Tennessee and I went to Dollywood and I had like the most amazing like day of my life. <laughs> you've got the biggest I, dolly crush haven't you i I don't it's such a weird thing because it's not like I'm a huge country music like super fan but there's something about our Miss <laughs> Dolly Parton that just I just adore her so much she's very and cool the, she's super cool and he, the, the idea that here is this like you know eight episode series where uh it's it's kind of you know fiction narrative stories about uh, based around her songs it's just really. Fascinating to me, and so when I knew that they were doing this, I immediately like sent this like almost harassment email <laughs> so to write Netflix. write it in your diary. Like, exactly. Well, I wrote. There's no. I'm like Netflix. You guys need to send me these these, these links. I need to watch the show right now. Now, and then now, now, they, <laughs> now. And then they sh- sent us two episodes to review, and then I wrote back again. I'm like, where are the rest of the shows? <laughs> you didn't see this, by the way. But I Hi, just sent them a note, and they're like, we don't have those for you, Stevie Wong. And I was like, oh, just have to watch it on Netflix. <laughs>
0: what is it with these um, streaming services being obsessed with anthology shows at the moment? Because it's another sort of romantic anthology-type thing in a similar vein to Amazon's Modern Love that we reviewed a few weeks ago as well, didn't we? I,
1: I just think I, it is that thing where people want a bit of love at the moment, you want a bit of something sweet, something easy to watch. The songs that I've written, they're stories
4: of my life. Every triumph, every struggle, every smile, Every sorrow, it's the melody of my memories. It's the sound of my heartstrings.
2: It's quick and easy. You don't have to feel totally like kind of connected to it because it's one episode each and so, you know, if you if you decide not to follow through, it's just like you just watch one episode and they're good to go. But, I mean, I think this one is interesting too because it feels very um, holiday-esque and it's coming out kind of for us uh, really close to Thanksgiving uh, and, and, and then it's then heading into Christmas afterwards. So, you know, I think the rest of the world is going to discover this during this holiday season. It has a really nice homey feeling, but what I'd love about the show because we saw the first two episodes. Um, the first one is called Jolene uh, and Jolene. it starts with this like, I know that Jolene. And you know, every episode starts with Dolly kind of coming out and giving her Doing intro. Doing that so
0: weird like... um, Twilight Zone thing at the
1: start of it. Yeah, I actually <laughs> love that. That was one of my favourite bits it. when she's like, you I know, and I saw this red-haired girl with my husband and I was like, yes, Dolly, I'm loving this info.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and each one starts in a different part of like Dolly Dollywood and so like you go she's you know she's doing it in different places so if you've never been to Dollywood you get a little preview of like her world over there it's hilarious i mean i just mean she makes me so happy i wish that it was slightly shorter
0: episodes though do we need an hour for each one of these it's quite a slog uh, to get through an hour
2: well, the second one was an hour and a half, so what? you're really going to have to test your patience. Yes, that's one. That one has Kathleen Turner in it. I mean, that's oh. a that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah, um, that one's about a witch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I did so- like is that it's a sort of modern twist, isn't it? Because you, or maybe I'm just an idiot, but I thought that I thought it was going to be setting Jolene up to be like a, a the baddie, basically, but actually. The, the story's a bit more complex. I think than I might that, dispute
0: it. that it's, it's a about. modern twist. It's a very retro approach they to use,
1: Find my women friends.
0: And, on iPhone. And what did they call it? Locate <laughs> so, like, my, my pals. pals. <laughs> Trap my pals. <laughs> that was it. That was amusing. Um, I mean, but I've never seen so many bras out in one TV episode. <laughs> it's a very retro sort of approach to. Uh, I mean. I feel like now haven't we moved on from women having to have their cleavage out all the time? Dolly has some spectacular outfits in this as well. I don't you can
1: have Dolly without a bit of cleavage, can you? Well, I know, but
0: I mean, essentially well, really, it says Jolene was, was just a pair of tits.
1: I think what I meant by yeah, the what? modern thing was that uh, I I thought it would be set like she talks about at the beginning when this actually happened and inspired the songwriting, which would have obviously been back in '73, was it? The the song. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought it was going to be set in like the '70s, basically. It should have been I better mean. if they'd
0: have set it in the '70s, I reckon. But
1: then we wouldn't have had Track My Pals. <laughs> <laughs> Track My Pals. Oh, there was a little crazy touches like that. roller coaster oh, sequence. Roller coaster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, Julianne Huff is in it.
2: Yeah, she she made her name being on uh, the American equivalent of Strictly Come Dancing. She was one of the the prose, actually, and um, she's then kind of made that into a career of, she dances, she sings, she does everything, and now she acts, and so she plays the role of, uh, I was going to say the titular role of of, uh, (laughs) Jolene, but, um, you're welcome. Uh, But what I, what was always really good about this, what I love about this thing is just, like, it feels so retro, but then every now and then they'll throw something really, like, kind of modern about the characters, and so it's it's a little bit surprising sometimes, but then it kind of goes back to the old like kind of like, oh well she cheats on, you know, with married men, and it's like, oh dear. And it's and and uh it is weird. Just, I, I find
0: the, the moral story weird as well, because I don't think it's much of a spoiler at the end to say that they come away with Jolene realizing that You've got to be loyal to other women. You can't. No, I won't do the accent. Sorry. Um, you, you've a nice got story, to. Kate? Start,
2: no, up, start, loyal to other women.
0: I won't be. I won't be loyal to other women that are sleeping with other people's men. I'll be loyal to decent human being, beings who aren't putting it about with other people's husbands. I have no loyalty to that hussy down the road.
1: Of, why am I oh. taking don't the prudish side of the do judge you Katie. A that judge That was the thing we learned from you the show. You are a big judgy pants. <laughs> no, you need to chill out. I don't get
0: that blind female loyalty. I don't have loyalty to you just because you're a woman. I have loyalty to people that are nice human beings.
2: I'm glad that this episode has sparked this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the debate.
1: Who'd have thought that Dolly Parton's heartstrings... But I think you've kind of missed the, port- like, missed the middle of it because that. They do fall out for a bit. Oh, spoiler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is so not possible to do any spoilers of this most obvious, predictable show on the world. Um, um, but, but as, as well, I was hoping they were going to do a big lesbian twist at the end. There's no twist. It's just no, very basic.
1: There's, there's none of that. that oh, but what, they could have kind of made it so modern want. and good. Well they both better, well, they bettered one another's lives ultimately, didn't they? Did they? Yes.
2: They helped each other out yes. in the end. So therefore Jolene was amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh God. Um, I fear but, for the other episodes though.
2: It's a really strange period because, you know, next week here in the United States, Dolly's going to have a television special. It's two hours celebrating her music. Um, she has also signed on with Hallmark, and she's going to do Christmas at Dollywood, which is part of their mystery and murder series next year. And so that's... it. Is a, someone going to die at
0: Dollywood in that one, then? <gasps> dun, dun, I dun. guess. Mm.
2: I know. Maybe Julianne Hough. But, like, it is...
0: It is <laughs> I think a little crazy. bit of me died watching that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it... It's it's the year of Dolly, and I'm so happy to, to see this happen. Um, and again, you know, as cheesy as it is, I walk away so happy that, like, I have Dolly in my life again. And I, I cannot explain why, but it is a thing, and I, I embrace it full, wholeheartedly.
0: Dolly's on TikTok as well. Have you seen her TikTok challenge that they're doing? Oh, dear.
2: To what's she what's she TikTok-ing? <laughs>
0: It's Dolly's TikTok challenge. You're, you're all meant to sing your version of Jolene. Oh, well we'll get on that
1: jolene jolene, jolene. <laughs> are you having a stroke
2: <laughs> um, well.
1: and and now for something
2: undolly-esque uh the creepy creepy <gasps> new series servant by m night Shyamalan. where did you find her
3: she is wonderful with jericho and if my baby trusts her so do i
4: How much did those boys tell you about what happened?
3: What if she wakes up? What if she remembers?
0: It's so good. And who would have thought it? I'd kind of given up on Apple TV, but this, I've watched the first three episodes
1: in a row and just am obsessed with it. It's so good. Full disclosure, I have not watched it because... I don't like scary things and it looks very, very scary. But I have Mm. an interview coming up. Oh, you're going to have to then. On the show, so I'm going to have to watch it. So I need you guys to convince (laughs) me and or write the questions (laughs) for the interview for me. (laughs) Does it
0: help that it's not sort of bloody horror, it's
1: more of a psychological thriller? No, that makes it worse. Okay, Okay. so let's say it's M. Night Shyamalan. Who is probably best known for the Sixth Sense, but more recently has done Glass and what was the last of those films? What was the one he got
0: the um, Gooseberry, Golden Gooseberry for? Airbender, that Mm -hmm. one. So he's made some rubbish ones as well, but we should we shouldn't uh, dwell on the rubbish ones. The Sixth Sense is the one everyone always remembers.
1: Sixth Sense is the one, and he's known for kind of putting in twists. That's his thing. But I think there was some frustration with him in. Was it The Beast or something with James McAvoy? Split. Split. Uh, Yeah, he did a McAvoy one, didn't he? I think he divides fans sometimes because he's not... His endings aren't always as clear and as brilliant as the ending of The Sixth Sense, basically. I think that's kind of the general vibe about him.
0: Well, he's executive producer on this and he's the director as well. And it is beautifully shot, didn't you think, Stevie?
2: It's really nicely shot. And, you know, what's kind of interesting is pretty much the whole series, from what I saw, I've only seen the first episode, it's all set in this Philadelphia townhouse. And uh, Philly is where the city where he's based out of. And so I think he shot it in his backyard even. And um, it's this gorgeous townhouse house a young nanny shows up to this house and uh, she's supposed to take care of this baby and um, Lauren Ambrose plays this mother who's very excited that the nanny's coming and spoiler
0: uh, if you if you we're gonna say what happens because we can't talk about it unless we say what happens so fast forward a couple of minutes if you don't want to listen to this so the nanny's arrived and they're here with the couple
2: Yes, and then Toby Kebbell, uh, fellow Brit, um, is is the husband. And so, you know, we initially see something very very kind of normal happening. Lovely, and new nanny's hugging coming the baby. The room. And... Exactly, and then we look at the baby, and the baby is a rubber doll. <laughs>
3: what? <laughs> because the couple have
0: lost their baby a few months ago, and it's had a really bad effect psychologically on the mum, and she can't handle it. So she still thinks the doll is... Her baby, but then this creepy witch, witch, witch woman, young girl Is she a witch comes. Woman? Well, she oh. puts. A, she has to be a witch, doesn't she? She makes a wicker cross that she hangs above the the baby's. Pot.
1: They hire a nanny who's a witch.
0: Well, I don't think that, I don't think <laughs> she put that on her CV, Claire. But. <laughs> I mean, they, I don't think you see that one coming.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they hire a young girl to come and basically play the role of the nanny to kind of continue this, this oh God, false this so lie bleeped. for this mom. But there's
0: so many awful, it's, like, make-you-jump moments. Like, the husband yeah. will be lifting the baby at one stage. So you've gone through this thing of seeing the relationship of them all going out together, and you think the husband's just a bit of a grump. And then at one stage, he's on his own with the baby in the, in the playroom, picks the baby up by its feet. So that in itself makes you scream like... Like, why are you picking the baby up by its feet knocks it on the side of the cot and you're like ah, that's a baby and then you realize it's a doll and, oh. <laughs> and it, the first episode leaves you thinking well who is the mad person is it actually that it is a real baby and the husband's not aware oh, that right. it? so it's lots of twists
2: Interesting. See, I didn't get any of that about the husband because it just feels like a very frustrated man who just wants to kind of move on and grieve. And yet, you know, he's got, he's forced to kind of live this lie. And so he's just like, whenever no one's around, he just kind of, he's like, this doll is just the dumbest thing ever. And now there's a nanny who pretends that this doll (laughs) is. But I... But things get worse, I'm I'm assuming. And
0: Rupert Grint plays the brother in it as well. Right, the brother, because
1: I was trying to figure out how does Rupert Grint fit into all of this?
0: He's quite good. He's sort of smoking, whiskey-drinking American in this. Does he do a good accent, Stevie? I, I sort of thought it might be a bit patchy.
2: Um, not enough to bother me, uh, but you know, it's he's an interesting I like look I like seeing him like this. So uh mm. I, I I just have a I have a bad feeling about what's gonna happen with this brother. So yeah. I don't know, it's like a that's my gut feeling. So not a spoiler, so it's just good. me feeling like an ominous and yeah. The fact is here's a series, it's a full on series, so we have a very interesting kind of hook, but then how are they gonna continue on for the rest of like the eight episodes? And yeah, so, I guess as well. Does um, it go
0: beyond one scene? because I mean, yeah. it's the sort of thing that you couldn't yeah. really do a lot on, surely you would think at the well, end of this it um, would resolve.
2: Unless the nanny goes to other places and, and wreaks havoc elsewhere. Oh, so, my
0: God, you um, haven't seen the next two episodes. You've only seen the first one, and it gets... Like,
1: yes. Oh, <laughs> how, so how <laughs> many episodes are there, sorry? Eight. Eight, and they're half Eight. an hour each. So, okay. Yes. As
0: well, people are saying that uh, could this be Apple TV's Golden Globe contender as well? Will they try and get this people talking about it and will this be the Haunting of Hill House type equivalent?
2: uh, The the truth of that little comment is probably not because all of those slots at Golden Globes right now because I was just in LA and I may or may not have had lunch with somebody from the Golden Globes and I she love was it. telling <laughs> me about, like, know,
0: the truth of this is uh, no.
1: <laughs> I may or may not I mean I wonder which it was <laughs> yeah
2: and, and all of the slots are filling up right now and at no point in the conversation did this show like even be part of that if, if anything Apple is uh, that Apple has a chance with it's probably going to be the morning show because oh, really? you know our our Golden Globe people like a bit of star power. Yeah, they're and gonna so, love um, Reese
1: Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Reese,
2: Jennifer, and Steve showing up uh, to to the award ceremony is Golden a lot Globes, more interesting than the
0: Foreign Press Association. Do have a um, really basic approach to anyone who <laughs> anyone who is mega famous all get
1: a nomination yes. won't they uh,
2: yeah and then you know I know we're going to talk about cats and I may or may not have something up to talk about the Golden <laughs> Globes uh, right then there too So um.
1: I have got a lot to Pretty say about weird. cats hold on hang on in there we will get to cats <laughs> <laughs> before that then should we talk
0: about Knives Out because you've both been to see this uh, Who It with Daniel Craig I haven't seen it yet so you'll all have to tell me about it
4: the family is truly desperate when people get desperate the knives come out This is a twisted web and we are not finished untangling it, not yet.
1: Yeah, so this is Ryan Johnson's first film since Star Wars: The Last Jedi, um, which was uh, relatively controversial in the Star Wars canon. I, I guess, I mean, I loved it, but I, I understand that there was some controversy from some of the, you know, hardcore fans. This is something completely different. It's a very classic who done it. Very much pays tribute to Agatha Christie. Um, it's set in modern day. It's a modern day murder mystery. It's that classic setup where someone. Uh, the kind of head of the family is found dead in the house and all the family members have been at a big party the night before so they're all kind of gathered together to try and figure out who done it. I mean
0: when I saw the trailer for this the trailer for one is super super good um, and also
1: the cast is yep. just incredible. Massive ensemble cast. cast. So you've got Daniel Craig plays Benoit Blanc the uh, detective with a heavy southern American accent and just <laughs> he is just having the time of his life. I don't know if you Remember, he did Logan Lucky. I think it was last year or the year before, and in that he was kind of a, again like a sort of comedy part with a southern accent. And he obviously, it's just he obviously loves it. It must be such a nice change from Bond, basically. <laughs> um, but also in there you've got Christopher Plummer, uh, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon. I mean, it is packed with celebrities, you will recognise faces in every single scene.
0: Do you think it's all basically sort of super highbrow actors just wanting to have a bit of a laugh and see each other and hang out?
1: Yeah, and I think they did have a laugh. at the in, When I did interviews for this, it was a few weeks ago now because it came over here during London Film Festival, but you could just tell that they all just... They genuinely had a good time, and I think they often talk about, oh, we like a family, but I think in this... <laughs> I don't think they were like a family. I think they were like a group of mates having a real laugh. Um, which was really nice. It was actually my favorite film that I saw during the whole of London Film Festival.
0: Oh, nice! I'm, I always am slightly wary when the trailer looks amazing because it only breeds disappointment, doesn't it? But is it actually a good
2: film then? It's a fun film, and 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 the truth is, you know, you, again, everybody had a good time, and then it shows on screen, which makes it even more fun because you're part of the you know the group dynamic that that they. I I because I just talked to them like literally a couple of days ago, and um, the turnaround to make this film was a little. bit fast because Daniel uh, was not shooting Bond and he only had a couple of weeks to make this movie happen. And so uh, Ryan Johnson was like, "All right, let's make this happen." Then and then, so within like like six weeks, they wow. uh, got together. The every so Daniel said yes, and then everybody else fell in line and said yes to the film too. And so it's very interesting how this group got together, and then they literally were shooting like you know weeks later in this house in Boston, and they were all just kind of crammed together to make this thing happen as soon as possible because Daniel had to go back to Bond at some point because that was his you know his main booking. So. Um, it's it's yeah it pays the bills and so uh you can there's a little bit of that energy too when you watch this it's it's just everybody's just like let's make this happen Uh, ryan doesn't do multiple takes he can do everything in two to two to three takes and stuff and so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah he's for something that's done so nice and quick it's a really fun film and and is he related
0: to don johnson
2: no, I don't no. think so. That's
1: just a no. uh, coincidence. surname coincidence. Last name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's hear then what Ryan had to say when I asked him about working with Daniel Craig and
3: whether he'd always wanted him for the part. I I have t- learned to not write with specific actors in mind because you always get your heart broken if you do. So uh, so no, I just kind of wrote with a blank slate, and then yeah, when Daniel wanted to do it and. We got very lucky that the Bond movie that he's making pushed a few months, and he, he suddenly had a window, a brief window. So we were like, okay, let's make it. So we had to put the movie together really quickly. And um, yeah, thank God, I can't picture anyone else as, as Benoit Blanc. Yeah, ben. I, I, yeah, he's so brilliant yeah. in it.
1: What was he like on set? Because it feels like he's having so much fun, and I'm I'm imagining it's a very different experience on a set like this from his Bond movie.
3: It, it, I mean, he had a blast. I think you can really tell from the performance how much fun he's having. Uh, I mean, the whole cast, but, I mean, Daniel, you know, I think I think if you only know him from seeing him in James Bond movies, you would maybe think he's, like, a very intense, serious guy. He's not. He's, like, the most fun hang in the world. He's, like, very, very fun to hang out with. Um, and I think I could tell that he was, he was really enjoyed being able to do something just very different, come on set and just cut loose and do this big... He's doing a Southern American Southern accent in it, Uh, and he's just really going for it and having fun. Yeah,
1: it is a bit of the year of the uh, the Don Johnson, isn't it? Because of course he's in this and he's in Watchmen, and everyone's talking (laughs) about him. And he did an amazing appearance on this morning over here, Stevie, which is like a morning chat show kind of thing. Mm. Uh, Is it the same sort of feeling in the states? Is everyone loving Don Johnson?
2: I think he's just showing up, and everybody's like, uh, "For a man of his age, he's looking really like good." Uh, <laughs> I like, get it, Stevie. You and Don. You know, you know <laughs> we talk about daddy complex. It's like now, all of a sudden, like a granddaddy complex, and it's 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 you know, Don Johnson is the face of that, and it's it's really interesting because he's charming. He, if he's had any work done, you can't really tell, and it's Ooh, just, it's just this man is. Uh, yeah, I know. He's, and he's just having a great time. And, and you know, he, in, in, in this film, he plays the kept man, uh, obviously, you know, married Jamie Lee Curtis because he was good looking and that's pretty much it. And so uh, he like enjoyed it the whole way through so that this is actually what he said about his character.
4: Well, he doesn't do anything. He's just a kept man. And um, he he uh, uh, in fact, he's kind of the he's kind of the purest version of the entire family. Because he just wears his "I do nothing" right on his sleeve, right out in the open. <laughs> How
2: was that like to play? Because that must have been really interesting to kind of, you know, create a backstory for that. Or did you kind of know this person based on somebody? I've else? I've seen
4: people like this over the years. You know that um, you know that some some of them. You know some some guys that I know. You know who who find. Um, uh, uh, a wealthy woman or a wealthy man for a, for in in the opposite way and they just become the trophy whatever the trophy husband the trophy wife and and uh, and I've noticed that they're the, the biggest challenge that they have is figuring out how to fill their day and so that's what I did with Richard is what would he be doing today he'd be going to the country club he'd, Maybe get him a manicure, you know, maybe get his eyebrows done.
1: If you want a break from kind of the heavier awards films that we're starting to see a lot of in the cinemas at the moment, this is just great. It's so much fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. Five stars from me.
2: I have a weird feeling that if Knives Out does really well in the box office, maybe it might have a chance for original screenplay in the Oscars. I'm just throwing that out there oh. as a... Uh, As a little bit of uh, a little thing. I think
1: this is just the start. I think we're going to see more Benoit Blanc films if it does well. Yes, yes. I think I we'll have to see a, a whole thing. series of them, and I am here for it. Cannot it's wait. It's always good to have a bit of Craig, isn't it?
0: In any form, whether it be shooting somebody in a, a dramatic car chase scenario <laughs> or comedy. Um, should we do? Can we interject with a little bit of highbrow to talk about Kes? Because on BBC Four this week they've got um, some cracking sort of. There's a documentary that Greg Davis has done, looking for Kes, um, which is all about going into the book, which has got interesting people like Jarvis Cocker as well. But we just wanted to. To mention quickly, um, there's this beautiful dance interpretation that's been, uh, th- that's filmed. It's like a very, I know a lot of people might go, dance, but it's an hour, six minutes. It's by this choreographer, jo- uh, Jonathan Watkins, and it's just beautiful. It's this sort of dance, music, puppetry version of Kez. It's great.
2: You know, and and the truth is, I thought maybe this would be an interesting take on the film because you know it's based on the the classic uh, film by Ken Loach. Uh, it's about fifty years old, and it's insane because I I really remember watching this as as yeah. uh, you know it was my first ever Ken Loach movie, and I was like, here's this film. It's so dark, and I, I was so depressed afterwards. And I'm like, gosh, British film is sad, you know. And so that was always <laughs> like, my, like, like a real like, entree into this like British world. Um, but the the dance is is pretty linear like there's no real it tells the exact same story but with no words and you in, in fact you can like kind of see the same kind of uh character development and uh, which I thought was really interesting so kudos I like to I the puppetry
0: side of things the
1: puppetry was oh, great Oh yeah
2: it was really cool the uh, the bird um it, what's a kestrel I just I didn't I didn't know it's what a, a bird, kestrel was See is
1: yeah is a kestrel I don't know what that
2: is what is that <laughs>
1: Bird. It's a bit like a falcon, I guess. How oh. did you understand
0: the film if you didn't realise what a kestrel is?
2: It was a bird. I mean, what do <laughs> I need to know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> another see, name. <laughs> clearly, we're going to struggle with highbrow if we're struggling with birds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. The, the, I mean, it's, it, if you want something a little bit different, it's an hour and six minutes, like Katie said. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we don't really get to talk about dance a lot, but it's just nice that it's out there for, for you guys to watch. That's so great.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be on the iPlayer for about a month, I think they said. So uh, check it out if you want something a bit different.
0: And talking of things that are a bit different, uh, so you've been at our, we've got a walk of fame now. Stevie, I don't know if you know this,
1: but the Hollywood walk of fame has come to Camden. It's the walk of fame with a difference. It's the music walk of fame. And uh, it's a project that has apparently been trying to get off the ground for absolutely ages. And they're now saying they're going to lay up to 20 new stones. We don't have stars, we have stones a year. So it could become quite a thing. Although, up to is a bit of a deceptive phrase, isn't it? Because up to 20 could be one, couldn't it? (laughs) Um. Uh, However many they can afford, London prices. It'll Uh. just be a bit of (laughs) rubble next year. So it all started off yesterday and... um, But it was sort of, I've never been, I've seen the ceremonies in Hollywood on TV, but I've never actually been. Katie, it used to be your beat, didn't it? I I used to do it every
0: other week. The weird thing about those ones, though, is basically you just have to cough up the money and you'll get a star.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how these ones are funded. It's all a bit, I did try and have a little look into it. It's not very clear. uh, But I don't think it's like that. I don't think you sort of pay. I think it is nominated somehow. Uh, it's probably more about who's available to come to Camden. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but they put in, so they kind of did the the big kickoff and the founding stone, sort of explaining what it's all about. That was laid by Jazzy B from Soul to Soul. Oh, and nice. Then, yeah, know that was great. And then they revealed the first uh, stone for an act, which was for The Who. And mm-hmm. so Roger Daltrey and Pete Townshend were there and... Uh, Paul Rogers got to have an operation, so he didn't say heaps, but, uh, you know, they seemed fair, pretty pleased with were the honour, really. Were they
0: angry? Were they on good form?
1: No, they were on good form, although they kept sort of going on about how, uh, it, you know, maybe Camden isn't the best place for a stone for them. I'll uh, yeah, Here's what they said.
2: This isn't really our neighbourhood. This should be going down in Gold Oak Road, but those <laughs> have got no money. So, um,
4: it's so great. This. Uh, but um, just to say that it's great. It's a shame that it's not in the Goldhawk Road, but it's great that it's in Camden because Camden's roots with the music business go way back, as you know, to the Roundhouse. Dingwall. When that, and Dingwalls, the Electric Factory and the Jazz Cafe, a really good history of supporting the music business. A great place to come for the best of the music that's out there at the moment. So may it long... Rain made this avenue of stars grow and grow and grow because we have, as Pete said, got the best music industry, real music industry in the world. Thank you very much.
1: So it'll be interesting to see if this has the desired impact, which I assume is to get tourists to Camden and then also there's an app so you can sort of scan and find out the history of the area and the history I guess of the it artists. it kind of
0: makes sense, Camden, doesn't it? Because probably a lot of tourists go there for the Amy Winehouse link.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's got a huge, rich history, hasn't it? And uh, and plenty of musicians live around there. So, for example, Jazzy B basically said the reason he wanted to be involved is because it you know, was kind of happening in his back garden, almost. <laughs> 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 OK, so if it had been like West London, he yeah, have. Maybe. <laughs> I would have been so into it. Um, but, yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be good to see... Yeah kind of how it works out and if it kind of continues and how it goes for the first year. Because I I think as well, they're not. I think this is the same for the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's not just going to be big acts. There's also going to be kind of industry people who are recognised as well.
2: I literally am online right now to look at this stone and I realise it's a plaque that you mean because I thought it literally was a stone and I was just like, (laughs) well, that's not very glamorous. It's like a stone
1: in the paving, like a paving stone. Is it a star like the Hollywood one It's like, it's, a a, it's like a record. It's like yeah. a
2: record.
0: It's like a vinyl. Yeah. I'm not, not so sure. I'm um, speaking of things that that have come over from America as well. Stevie, can I pick your brains as well? Your musical theatre brains. Um, I heard an interview the other day with Stephen Leveson, who is the person that wrote Dear Evan Hansen, because Dear Evan Hansen's now come over here. Um. The music that they played as I that went with this radio interview that I was listening to, it's fantastic. Have you seen Dear Evan
2: Hansen? Have I seen Dear Evan Hansen? (laughs) I went. I'm going to be a little bit of a like a theater geek. I went to go see the first open, uh, like it was like a preview uh, showing of it, and then like walked out of the theater the next morning. Went back to the theater. I'm like, I saw this yesterday. I need to see this again. So within a week, I saw it twice and then waited another <laughs> month and watched it like again. I, this is like the soundtrack to my teenager like years and so it's the most hilarious. But Except actually, you're a grown
0: adult watching it at the time. Sh- you? sh-
2: shut your, <laughs> your okay, reality. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dear Evan Hansen Music is written by the duo that is uh, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul who also wrote the music for The Greatest Showman. So oh, is that y-
0: why it sounds so good?
2: That is why and so if you... And also So Stephen Levison
0: is Vernon Fossey, isn't he, as well?
2: Yes, he also wrote the, uh, um, the the screenplay for Vernon Fossey. and so these are this is like kind of the new generation of Broadway kind of superstars, and so uh, you guys are getting a little taste of what I experienced maybe two years ago, which is like. So is it oh going to be God. a sellout
0: then? Probably. So we need to get tickets, oh, I now, then. So yeah,
2: it's it's a really emotional. I mean, bring tissues because you're going to be crying a lot, um, mm. which is kind of amazing. But we, you know, in in the original iteration of Dear Evan Hansen, Ben. Platt, who is, you know, the star of The Politician, he was our Evan Hansen. And so... Um, and it sort of propelled
1: him into, you know, what into this huge star that he is now, so it could potentially ex- do the same for someone in London. Oh, that's a good recommendation.
2: Yeah, bring tissues, that's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sat next to Stevie blubbing in the theatre again. <laughs> oh
2: my god, I couldn't stop crying. It was like th- That's why I had to go see it again, because I may have, like, missed out on bits and pieces of the show, because I was like,
1: oh, it's mm-hmm. happening! Well, um, so yes. If you need something to cheer you up, then uh, I might have just The thing for you in the form of the latest cat train. Sticking (laughs) with musicals,
4: tonight is a magical night where I choose the cat that deserves a new life. Going to the ball could get dangerous. (laughs) Come on!
1: Gosh, this
4: trailer.
1: Uh, for those that have forgotten, uh, there was a first initial trailer released for Cats back in July, I think it was, and uh, it kind of it was one of those moments where Twitter just got together and everyone had something to say about this kind of bizarre trailer and the decisions, the production decisions they've made with Cats, which is a huge ensemble cast. I mean, this is a starry, starry cast. You've got Dame Judi Dench, you've got Taylor Swift, you've got Idris Elba, you've got Jason Derulo, you've got uh, Rebel Wilson, uh, James Corden's in there. I mean, there it is starry, starry, starry. Uh, but the cats, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. It's always
0: going to be weird, though, isn't it? No, but, but this new trailer makes it look super,
1: super weird. weird. And they uh, So this, a new trailer <laughs> dropped this week, and... It's just absolutely bizarre. So they're not wearing cat suits like they were kind of in the original musical. They've got what they're referring to as digital fur technology, which it they're like sort of weirdly furry. So it
0: kind of blows in the wind. But it's that whole thing of cats walking upright which yeah,
1: is always a bit of an odd thing and the perspective is bonkers like they'll be they're kind of small next to these giant props like chairs and things but then you see them in Trafalgar Square and Trafalgar Square is just normal sized <laughs> and they're normal sized <laughs> it's very strange and I'm on um, a WhatsApp group with lots of entertainment journalists where we moan about the uh, <laughs> perils of showbiz and, uh, and it absolutely blew up yesterday following this trailer and some excellent points were made that I would like to uh, share with you for your consideration go so, on why is Judy Dench's cat character wearing a fur coat over her fur it just <laughs> doesn't make sense there's oh. too much fur going on there. No one needs that much fur
0: is it Imagine if that was an actual cat well, Are exactly. they skinned another cat exactly. to wear a fur coat yeah. Very strange.
1: Okay. Uh, what are the cultural norms of this cat situation because some of them are wearing clothes like a fur coat and some of them <laughs> are not Some of them are effectively naked cats but then why do the clothes cats need clothes? Uh, and some of the cats are wearing shoes. Like Taylor Swift's cat is wearing high heels. <laughs> Why would a cat be wearing high
0: heels? I mean, it's gonna be really weird. They're either it's, they're either gonna rip it apart or it'll be just so mental that it'll be good. Do we think? I
1: don't know. It comes Uh-oh. out at
0: Christmas. Yeah, but...
1: it's, it's a big Christmas movie for Universal, um, and I'm looking forward to hopefully doing some interviews with some cast a little later down the line. So uh, perhaps we can get something out of there. But did you ever watch the West End musical? Because
0: that in it... I mean, it it is mental. They don't actually look like cats. It was just, like, a lot of theatre dudes strutting around in lycra. Furry outfits. Yeah, Yeah. but
1: that's that's theatre, and that's kind of what i think that's what i expected yeah but the your alternative be, is that, that you have actual cats. cats and
0: just move their mouths and that would be even creepier wouldn't it if your cat suddenly started singing memory i don't
1: think there's anything creepier than these weird kind of hybrid cat <laughs> people <laughs> they're very strange uh,
2: speaking of creepy have you heard that taylor swift song that was written specifically for this kind of film
1: is she going for an oscar
2: so here's the thing and this is the connection back with the Hollywood Foreign Press so the Hollywood Foreign Press are going to watch it a day before their nominations are due oh. and so, so there's two things that, that that I kind of figured out I mean like that means that maybe the film itself knows that it won't get a lot of nominations but if they have it just in time then Taylor Swift will be there to then be nominated for best song at least.
1: If they so... won Taylor at the Globes then they're Probably going to give it a little norm, aren't they?
2: Exactly. So uh, you know, I mean, whether whether this film is good or not, I think we can all judge when we watch it during Christmas time. But you know, I just based on like I posted the trailer on my on my Facebook page, and a lot of people were just like, Bleh. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's scaring a lot of people away.
1: I think it will do fine because it's got so many huge huge stars in it. But the thing is with cats, it's always a tough prospect because. The play was based on the poems by t.s. Eliot, and the kind of the plot is very loose it's, it's not really enough to kind of f- flesh out a modern film, so I think they've had to add stuff in obviously i'm going to watch it we're all going to watch it because it's so mad. well they've had to it's, add in it's... script as well, presumably because I don't
0: ever yeah. remember. It was all songs, well, wasn't it? In the actual- it is yeah. all songs,
2: and and from this trailer, you do see like James Corden telling jokes and stuff. So obviously, there's going to be a plotline. And it was the original in in the I don't remember this. You know that girl Francesca Hayward. She's she plays the lead, the cat Victoria. And I don't recall a no, cat
1: being she's named been made Victoria. up. So Victoria, and uh, she's a ballerina, isn't she? The, uh, yeah. the actress. So uh, Victoria is a made up kind of composite cat who I think is going to kind of propel the story a bit because, like I say, that that. Isn't the play was very much just kind of a series of songs? All the cats are essentially performing to try and be chosen to be the one that gets to go up to the heavy side layer. I mean, <laughs> Cats is bonkers. I love cats, so I'm kind of fine with the bonkers, but it's it's a weird sell. I've got to say,
0: I can't wait. It will keep us going through Christmas, though, won't it? The the boredom of running out of things to do. That's what you need a bit of like crazy cats. I look forward to being proved wrong and it being the
1: best film of the year. <laughs>
0: If wow. not, we've got Dolly Parton's Christmas Exactly, I was just going to go back to <laughs> It all comes full circle on this show.
1: Right, so if you'd like to get in touch with us, do please feel free to email us backstage at sky.uk. We love hearing from you. Or you can get in touch with us individually. Uh, Stevie Wong, where can you be found?
2: I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at Wongy1.
0: Katie? And if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram, Spenny Picks and Sky Katie Spencer on Twitter.
1: And you can see all of the fun from the Walk of Fame in Camden on my Instagram, which is ClaireSkyShowbiz. Or follow my tweets at ScoopDogSky.
0: Oh, do we have to go and do work now? You're going to bed, aren't you, Stevie? I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Different time zones. What are you going to do, Katie? Oh, do you know what I'm planning? Oh, this is... We can catch up after I've done this. I've got a surprise birthday party that's happening this weekend that I'm organising for a friend who obviously is such a good friend that she doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, So I will see you on the other side of that. I'm like, my every waking hour is consumed by whether or not people are going to turn up and whether or not I've got enough nibbles for people to eat gosh good luck
1: organising parties is tough I have got to go and prepare because tomorrow I'm interviewing Ed Norton and I'm extremely nervous about it so uh, we must go and we will reconvene soon
0: see ya bye bye